Advice. Welcome to Sound Advice, episode 10 extravaganza. Woo! We made it to episode 10. Our 10th anniversary. Is that what it's called? Anniversary, yes. Our That's... 10th episode anniversary. Feels like we've been doing this for like years, the way I said it, but uh... it kind of it feels like we've been doing it for a while. How are we only on 10? Hey, that's a lot. That's a it is, achievement. But... Yeah, I'm proud of us. 10 episodes. Nothing's uh, caught fire yet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not that you guys can see. Am I right? They can smell the they fire. Because they can only listen. Oh, true, true, true. All right, Marcus, you, uh, Marcus is going to introduce our first segment here. All right, guys. Segment one. We're bringing back yay or nay. <gasps> yes. Whoop. All right, then. So... <laughs> Wait, introduce it one more time. Just introduce this segment just in case. Oh, yeah, true. So if you guys have not uh, have not paid attention to our first yay or nay segment, which... Uh, What's wrong with you? Yeah, go check that out right now. Completely, like, stop mm-hmm. stop this stop this episode. Go back, listen to the other one. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, if you haven't known, uh, what yay or nay is is where we just uh, give a couple topics and we say whether you'd be willing to try them or not. So let's get right into it. All right. So the first one, yay or nay, would you guys be willing to be a surrogate? Please clarify for Kirsten Clark, who is unaware. What I that know means. what that is. Do you what explain is it, it Kirsten? What is it? Where you have a baby for someone else? Yeah, yeah essentially. Much. So okay. there are two types of surrogates. There are, and I'm, I hope I'm saying this correctly. There's gestational surrogate and there's traditional surrogate. Where did you just? Sorry, to interrupt. Where did you like find these words? Did you? Where did you come up with this? Well, I've I've been new about sur- surrogates, but um. Uh, I actually did my research to find out, you know. You just it just the, popped into your head. Yeah, yeah, just thought about no, it. Okay. Just because it's a it's so a kind of know. it's a kind of uh, not really yeah. controversial, but it's a it's an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, gestational surrogates are surrogates in which uh, the carrier does not actually. Oh, and by the I should probably explain it to anybody in the audience who doesn't actually know what a surrogate is. So a surrogate is a person who carries a child. For somebody else. So if there's a, a couple that cannot have a child on their own, then the surrogate will try to carry the child for the, the couple and then, you know, let the child be the couple's baby or whatever. So anyway, the gestational surrogate is a surrogate in which uh, the egg is not hers. So the egg actually belongs to the the real or the mother who wants to have the kid. And then the sperm belongs to the father who wants to have the kid. And then the the surrogate just carries all of it. And then a traditional surrogate is one in which the surrogate actually uses her own egg and then the father just uses his sperm and then the couple gets to keep the baby that comes out from that. This is a really good way to start the podcast. How, the, for the first one, the gestational, is that what it's called? Yeah. How, like, is her egg, like, the one who wants the baby, her egg is inside the other woman? Yeah, they insert it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, does how? that mean, she, no, not how, <laughs> does that mean, like, she could have had her own kids. Like, wouldn't the egg be viable in that case? I mean, it's, I don't think it's that the egg isn't viable. It's something about, I mean, there are, there are different reasons why the egg wouldn't, not the egg, why the, the mother wouldn't be able to have the child. It could be because of, um, what is it? Uh, just she is, she has some issues with uh, actually carrying the child or mm-hmm. something like that. She has just some issues with actually doing what the surrogate would do. Okay. So... But would you guys be willing to be surrogates or what? It's been very educational. I was actually thinking about this recently, though, because my sister, she's, like, undergoing some operation. Like, she doesn't know what's wrong with her, but she's been in pain for a long time, like, involving that stuff, like, cervix and uterus and stuff like that. Um, Probably revealing too much information about her. My sister. (laughs) My sister. Um, But no, but, like, she doesn't know if she'll be able to have kids, which is really sad. But I was thinking, like, what if she wanted me to have her kid? Like, I don't what? think I would ever Whoa. do that. <laughs> this is too real for Kelsey. It's very real. Yeah, this is getting, this um, getting personal. But I really don't think I would do that. Like, even for my own sister, I'd be like, mm, because it's just weird. I wouldn't want to, like, give birth in general, really. So I don't see why I would do it for someone else. And if I was going to do it, I feel like I'd be too attached to, like, the thing growing inside me. Like, it would be my kid. Mm. And I'd always feel weird about it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. What about you, Clark? I mean, I don't know. This this is coming from a frame of mind that's not someone who can't have a kid. So, like, I don't feel their pain, you know, and I can't say that I do. But I feel like if you can't have your own kid, like, why don't you look into adoption? Or why why do you have to... I don't know. It's just a little strange to me that, like, ask someone you know to have a kid for you when there's, like, thousands of kids out there that need a home kind of thing. 
But again, I don't really, I don't know, I guess there's some attachment to it or something. Um, but personally, yeah, I agree with Kelsey. I, th- I mean, I guess maybe it's our age thing too. Like we're just probably too young to, I mean, no one wants to give birth at this age, I think. Um, so I feel like my age versus also with, uh, just the time you had nine months of your life. You're just carrying someone else's kid. Like, I feel like again, very, you would get emotionally attached. Um, but also like your life is on hold for this person. Like are, what are, I don't know. What are the return benefits? I'm pretty sure you get paid in most cases. You might get paid, and I guess the the biggest reward of all would be just the fact that you helped uh, bring this child into the world that couldn't have been brought out by the couple themselves. Well, yeah, and I totally understand that, especially if it's, like, a family member. But also, I would probably, like, every time I see the kid, I'd be like, I gave birth to you. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm your real mother. Literally, like, you get mad at your sister, and, like, and then you tell the kids. You're the real <laughs> That'd be so messed up. Um, I just think there's too many strings attached when you... But again, I mean, I don't want to offend anyone. Like, I can't say. But I I almost, yeah, I don't want to have my own child right now. So I don't think I would do it for someone else. Understandably. Would you, Marcus? Well, if I could be a surrogate, I probably would not want to be. Just because, I mean, from a physical standpoint. Because, I mean, childbirth, they say it comes with, I mean, unimaginable pain. And I'm not trying to experience that, period. So, and then just for the fact that I would not only be having this kid, but then it's not even my kid, so I don't even get to keep it. Yeah. I go through all that pain, and then it's not even mine. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't want to do that. But, I mean, thinking from it, uh, from the perspective of the couple, I would definitely want somebody who is willing to be a surrogate if I really wanted to have my own child. Because, I mean, I want to personally, I want to adopt a kid, but I also want to have my own child just because... Is there's just something about seeing a kid that you know has your flesh and blood inside of them. It's just, there's just something about that. It's that's their, your flesh inside of them. <laughs> Stop. Uh, yeah, that sounds kind of weird. Nope. Uh, let's, let's, let's back that up. Some <laughs> That has your DNA inside of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's nice to just think about a, a child that's really yours. And it's nice to have one. I so f- I can see why couples will want a surrogate if they can't have one on their own. I feel like I get that on some level, but I don't know. I feel like there's such a stigma around, like, adoption. Like, Kirsten said, there's so many kids without homes, and nobody's, like, willing to adopt because, like, they want their own kids. And, like, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, if you raise this kid, yeah, it's going to be your kid. Like, it doesn't matter what they look like or, you know, if they have your genes or whatever. Like, that's your kid. That's why you should do both, adopt and have your own child. I think it's, like, really think, uh, interesting to talk about. I wonder if there's research on it, but, like, why do we so badly want to have our own kid? Besides the fact of, like, evolution and we want our name to be passed down, but, like, why are we so against adoption? Um, and is it, like, is it truly because of, like, the look standpoint of where we're, um, we would be self-conscious for how our kid looks and how they look different than us? Or we want to see our genes replicated in someone else? Like, why is that such a huge thing that uh, people, like, shy away from? Well... I believe that the looks is definitely a big part. But then also just thinking about the process, um, just the process of you saying, wow, you know, this child is growing inside me if you're the mother or, hey, this child's growing inside my my spouse if you're the father or whatever. You know, just having that uh, that experience and then seeing the child grow and uh, the childbirth process. I mean, all of it is just kind of surreal, especially since uh, for people who are first like first parents, you know. Their first kid, like, is a really surreal experience. So I can see why they'd want to have it because the experience is just going to be out out of this world, apparently. But then, of course, like, with adopted kids, they're not going to have that experience just because the kid's already born and all that. But Sometimes they're not, though. Like, I know there's stories where there's women who don't necessarily want to have an abortion, but they don't want to keep their kid. So they'll, like, kind of advertise, like, hey, I'm pregnant. Like, does anybody want to adopt this while it's still inside me? And that way Mm. I think the parents could kind of, like, see it grow that way. Um, I, I also think, I don't know if this is a thing, but I feel like maybe there could be a, like a strange jealousy thing. Like say you can't give birth, but like your sister's your surrogate. Like, does that happen where the person you're just like jealous of your sister and there's the relationship is a little stretched or not the same as it was before just because like they had your kid. You know, I don't know. I feel like there would be long-term not consequences, but feelings towards it. I really? Agree. I feel like it would be kind of the opposite. I feel as if, Especially if you and your sister are, are are tight, you know, to you, like you feel like you guys have a really good relationship, and then you, let's say you couldn't have the kid, but your sister could. If you were to say, "Hey, could you be my surrogate?" and then your sister says, "I'm not, I don't want to do that," I can see you being like, "Wow, that's kind of. I mean, I understand, but you know, it's kind of messed up." Or if your sister was to say, "Yes, I'll do it," I feel like your 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 uh, your bond would grow stronger with her 
just mm-hmm. the fact that she said, oh, I'm willing to have your kid for you. Uh, I feel like with my sister, because this is like a real situation for me. Um, not that my sister has asked me to be here, sorry. Hey, just <laughs> wait. Give it a couple months, boy. I can't imagine. If she does, we're going to bring it up in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. for real. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like if I said no, she probably would be offended because she gets offended at like everything. Love you, Matthew. <laughs> my sister, Matthew. <laughs> no, I don't care. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I feel like there would be some kind of weird jealousy like if I did say yes. Because first of all, it's like her boyfriend, I guess her fiance right now. Yeah. Um, like, first of all, it's her fiance, yeah. like, technically having a kid with me, yeah. which is very strange, and I don't like to think about that myself. And, yeah, I feel like she would just be like, this is weird, and I would be like, this is weird, and it would just be weird for everybody. That's the thing, is, like, uh, a lot of the times it's, like, the person's husband or boyfriend uh, give the sperm for it, which is, like, again, that's a weird jealousy relationship. And, I mean, I don't want to knock her, like, it feels like we're, you know can't believe you would get this, be a surrogate or whatever. If you want to be a surrogate, be a surrogate. But it's personally not for us. <laughs> These college kids listening. I mean, what about <laughs> like a gestational surrogate, though? Because it sounds like you guys are talking about the, the traditional What's, ones where like you have to, like uh, the traditional ones where you, egg. it's your egg, you know? But what if it's somebody else's egg? So like, let's say it's your sister's egg. And and then it's just, you know, her her boyfriend's spouse or spouse's sperm or whatever. <laughs> yeah, her boyfriend's spouse, okay. whatever. Then I would feel like a machine. They're just using me. It's rude. Yeah, I mean, you really are just the... The factory that's producing the kid <laughs> and i wouldn't want to be that like again i don't want to go through childbirth i don't want to experience that for somebody else and then not yeah. get to keep the kid i think myself. that's hard but it's 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 admirable i guess because, yeah i think it's admirable yeah i get it admirable there you go i just think it's also i mean very difficult consensus yeah. is no on this one nay <laughs> nay <laughs> we're all horses all right marcus what's the next one all right next one <laughs> so funny Kelsey one. already knows what it is. All right. Um, so the next one, would you guys be willing to practice polygamy? Why, why do you think we would say yes on these? I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think polygamy is very interesting, honestly. Like, I, I personally don't think I could. And I think me and Kirsten have had this conversation with our friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, again, there would be a weird sense of jealousy where it's like, if, first of all, if, people don't know what polygamy is you want to explain all right so polygamy is the practice of having more than one spouse at the same time or just partner or whatever yeah okay so yeah i feel like if you were dating multiple people like there's bound to be some jealousy there like if somebody's spending more time with each other than they are with you or you know somebody's like sharing the bed and you're not in it i don't know (laughs) i just think (laughs) it would be very strange um if you guys have ever seen the show sister wives there is jealousy and I don't care if it's not realistic, but no, I think I, it's just funny to me because I feel like they're always like claiming like, I'm not jealous. This is just our religion. But like, there's no way there's not some kind of jealousy. Like, and I feel like it's just, again, you know, if you're a polygamist, I'm sorry. But if it's just one guy and a bunch of women, he just has total control over all of you guys. And wait, like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, not just that. I mean, I'm talking polygamy both ways. Like, would you be willing to have several you know, male counterparts. I mean, isn't polygamy very ma- majority male? I mean, yeah, but well, let's let's take this. I think Kirsten's thinking like Amish is that who? Yeah, like has the religious, the like, religious side. Yeah, the no, religious no, no. side. Well, no, the. I mean, I guess, but like both situations, you both like believe in the practice of it. Um, like in the show, like they're just polygamists. I, I think that's partly because of the, like the religion though, and like how they are, and like they've grown up kind of in that weird brainwash mm-hmm. society. But when I think of polygamists, I think of like voluntary couples just like getting together like some girl has a boyfriend and then like say they both have a mutual friend and they're like oh hey you just want to date us like we're all comfortable here and they all get together like that's what i think i feel like polygamy though is just one person and then they have multiple partners it's not like it a could be communal thing it depends there's different kinds uh, all right yeah so, but would you personally be willing to have more than one boyfriend at the same time me no i think having uh, I think I couldn't do it because there's too much emotional attachment to people. Understood. I agree. Um, me personally, I don't. I probably wouldn't do it. But uh, just theoretically, it was interesting to talk about because um, just thinking about at least the, the United States. Uh, when you talk about the United States, uh, the divorce rates are really high. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe maybe it's just the fact that uh, relationships when you practice homogeny just doesn't work. 
Wait, is it homogeny? No, that's not so. homogeny. Yeah, that's like marrying like. Sorry, yes, yeah. that's not. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gay marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not, not homogeny. That's uh something else. Uh, what is the word though? Uh, Mono- monogamy. Yeah, monogamy. monogamy. Yeah, that's what it is. Monogamy. Wow, we sound so <laughs> good today. <laughs> yeah. See, we got the we got that vocabulary on point right now. Anyway, <laughs> homogeny. <laughs> no, you're you're good though. So. Leave me alone. Divorce I, rates. What was your thought? But yeah, I mean the the divorce rate in the United States is really high. And I feel like part of the reason why that is the case is because um, just couples grow sick of each other. I mean, of course, I think the number one reason is communication problems. But I also feel as though couples just get tired of each other. I mean, they they constantly see each other to a point where they might overdose. And I feel as though if you were to, I guess, practice polygamy, then there might be a chance where you don't get tired of anybody because you're all, I guess, uh, what cycling through each other so you're constantly like with somebody else and then by the time you get back to your your i guess original spouse or whatever like you you have this rejuvenated experience with them i don't know but i personally wouldn't do it because like like you said clark it's it's a lot of work and i feel like one relationship is already too much for me so i feel that but i think probably it definitely wouldn't be for me but i can see how it would be beneficial like i think if you're like a casual enough person and you can be with other people like that's totally fine like go for it like i don't care and i don't know I, I can see how that would work do you think that it's possible to have a polygamous relationship in which it's actually not casual where you're like let's say you're dating like three dudes and you have a very deep emotional connection with all three of them you think that's possible i feel like you, mm, I, I feel like i wouldn't personally know because i haven't experienced that but i think in my opinion, I feel like you would have, like, a favorite. And if you have a favorite, you should probably be with that favorite. <laughs> yeah, chances are you probably have a favorite. But can't you just be like, yo, I love all these dudes anyway, so I, I just want to be with all of them. I mean, if that if they're okay with that, like, as long as it's not cheating. That's yeah, 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 yeah. This is, all, this is yeah. all approved by everybody. Yeah. Consensual. Then I may go for it. All right. But, again, like, when I think of polygamy, I feel like everybody's involved with everybody. At least that's my understanding of it. Like, I know you, what you guys are talking about, like, is yeah, yeah. another ty- type of it. But when I think of it, it's just, like, everyone's with everyone. And I, I think that could easily work. Okay. Now, see, polygamy itself is having one or more spouses. So it's not a group thing. It's, like, one person with multiple relationships. Polymory is when it's, like, a group thing. Okay. okay. Learning today, baby. We learning today. So polymory is, like, the group, is, like, an umbrella term for relationships that have, like, you know, with multiple partners. Yeah, multiple partners. That's can, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and um, just to clarify, because I was confused yeah. kind of too. Um, so polygamy is like like the thing I was talking about where it's like sister-wise, where it's like one guy and he mm-hmm. has different relationships, but they don't coincide. So that I could totally see jealousy in like the whole polymory. polymory. Yeah, it whatever. It's got an A. But what, yeah. It's got an A somewhere in there. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. <laughs> uh, I agree. I think like if that totally works for you, then that um, that's cool. But for me, I think, I don't know, I'm just... Like, jealousy is definitely a thing that I think I would experience. And I just think, again, just the time and effort is too much for more than one person. I hear you. So that's a, a unanimous yay? What? To yes. practice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if people are into it, sure. I say nay. Although it, this is, like, a very cultural thing. Like, we're talking from, like, a very ethnocentric point of view because there's a lot of cultures that do practice. Yo, polygamy. this vocabulary is on point today, man. <laughs> Yo, this is the vocabulary episode right here. All right, Marcus. <laughs> ethnocentric. This What's ethnocentric? up, man? We're going to name this episode Polygamy. <laughs> polygamy. We practice polygamy. Stop. Surrogacy. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're announcing our group relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is going public right now. Awful. <laughs> But, but yeah, so I think other cultures do practice yeah. polygamy. And, like, that's okay. But I feel like it, America is very monogamous. Yeah, America is a very monogamous, monogamous country. And uh, I just I just don't think I could handle it just because I feel as though I'd be overwhelmed. I mean, I'm already – I can already be overwhelmed with just one relationship. So, I mean, with more than one, I, I'd probably lose my mind. All right, so with that – why don't you say your next thing, which is the scandalous – most scandalous of all. The most scandalous – Segment, not segment, the most scandalous uh, yay or nay we have to do. What is it? Would you be willing to teach driver's ed? No. <laughs> Bring it out. This are so you weird. willing to teach driver's All ed? All right. But these are very interesting, so I applaud you for coming up with them. Thank you. Thank um, you. Personally, 
I don't think I would teach driver's ed just because I remember being in driver's ed and I was not a good driver. And it was scary for me. I can imagine how it was for like the teacher. <laughs> and I remember they had this thing where like, okay, we're going to go on the highway for the, you guys, this is the first time you've ever been on the highway. And it's just a group of teenagers and then you, and they take turns like merging onto the highway. I mean, obviously your life is at risk over and over. So, um, I, I personally wouldn't teach it. Also, you have to deal with, you know, teenagers, which is, I don't, it's just, I, I can barely drive myself. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay driving, but I, I don't think I know it enough to be able to teach it. Yeah, I feel like it's very dangerous, like you said, and you have to be so patient. Like, oh my god, like already, I feel like I'm kind of a backseat driver sometimes. I'm just like, why are you doing this? Like, stop here! Like, don't do this or whatever. So I can't imagine being nice to like kids trying to learn because I'd be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, get out of the car. <laughs> Literally, if my mom takes too long at a stop sign, I'm, I get angry. I'm like, what? Why aren't you going? She's True. like, I'm stopping fully. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely I I feel what you're saying with that. I I taught my sister how to drive a little bit. You know, she already had a little experience from, I guess, my mom and my dad, but I tried to help her out a little bit too, get her out in the field. And I mean, I was losing patience quickly. And she, it's not even like she was doing bad. Like, I just I just lost patience, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And then the danger of teaching kids who don't know how to drive. That is the scariest part for me. I would not want to do that. I remember there was this, uh, when I was taking driver's ed, my teacher was the most patient guy in the world. And it was crazy. I mean, I look back and I just think, wow, thank you for being so patient with us because we sucked. <laughs> but um, we were getting on the highway and there was some girl driving. I was in the back seat. She, but we were we were getting on the highway and then she started merging into traffic without without warning. Like she 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 was merging for no reason. And then our our, our teacher was like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? And she kept merging. And then the semi was coming up behind us and was going to just nail us. And he was hitting his horn, so he had his his hand on the horn. He's like, Bing! and then the our driver's ed teacher just swung the wheel out of the way. I mean, it was the scariest thing in the world. That is really scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it a group of you in the car? Yeah, it was me, this guy, this girl, and then the teacher, and um, everybody was screaming. <laughs> everybody was just screaming, and the girl was like, "Oh my god!" She was like, "I'm done," and then she tried to stop driving. The professor was like, "You have to keep driving." <laughs> Goodbye. That would be me though. Be like someone take over, That's Jesus. Awful. Yeah, so uh, that just one one reason that I just don't want to do it. I mean, I I definitely commend people who would want to do it, but it's just too scary. See, I never took driver's ed, so I don't know like the full experience. But my dad was trying to teach me how to drive. Like for some reason, our driver's test, the one I took, was um in like a Kmart parking lot, and <laughs> you had to like pull into a space with like cones. And I was practicing driving with my dad's huge truck, which was not fair. Uh, and so, like, I just kept hitting the cones. And my dad was, like, the worst teacher in the world. Like, he was screaming. I was crying. <laughs> it was a mess. Dang. Yeah. So. Wait, so you learned how to do it with a truck? Yeah. But that honestly, that should make you better at driving in general, you know? Like, you drive a little car. It doesn't. <laughs> Kelsey's scary. Hey. <laughs> I'm a good driver. <laughs> you too fast. Um, ah. Yeah, I think well, mine was in the summer. So it was actually really hot. And it was every day for like two weeks straight. Just that alone, as a human being, I would not want to be teaching kids in this hot, blistering sun of Florida. So, um, I mean, but maybe if they get paid really well and it's like, again, driver's ed is pretty short. I guess if you want to suffer for a few weeks to get the money, it might be worth it. But If there were two professors, I'd be willing to teach it. As in, I'd be the professor who like teaches them how to get the permit. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the the pre-teacher. So I teach them about the road signs and stuff, and then I got another professor who actually takes them out in the field to drive. As long as I'm not the guy in the car, hey, I'm down. I feel like the other part's boring, though. Like, why would you want to teach? Like, this means stop. This means yield. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'd rather do that. Well, it would be fun to be out there, like, seeing them learn and stuff, but, oh, my gosh. It's just too scary. It's It's, just too scary. It's really weird to think about, though. Like, we all know how to drive, but, like, it's weird to think about a time you didn't know how to drive. And why you were so bad at it at the beginning. Like, it's just a weird learning thing. It's because yeah, I don't I mean, know how really. to operate a huge machine. Like, it's bigger than you and it's hard. Well, it yeah, is a but large it's machine. just. It it's makes, not exactly hard. I think it's just intimidating. Yeah, it makes sense that, like, we didn't know how. But still, it's just. It's like learning to ride a bike, but, like, you're in a huge chunk of metal and they yeah. just, like. They just, like, let you sit in it and drive it around for whatever reason. 
when I was little, like our backyard, I guess it used to be like an old farmland. So it's like very bumpy back there. And my dad had this old truck and he never sold it for some reason, but like he let me and my sisters drive it just for fun, like a go-kart, but it was like a huge truck. And we would just like fly over the bumps <laughs> in the back. And like, that's all we did for like hours. And like, I mean, imagine people driving by on the road would just see this truck all day, just like flying in the backyard. It was very That strange. is so cool, man. It was cool. That but, is so cool. But when I did that, I drove with both feet, which is not a thing you do. How did you? Oh, you had like what? One right foot on foot the gas on and pedal. one foot on the brake. Yep. Wow. So when I finally tried to learn how to drive, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I can't use one foot. Because yeah. <laughs> of your childhood experience. Yeah. So that was a learning curve. I am very much surprised that your dad would actually let you do that. My dad's crazy. <laughs> I would have felt like, yo, these kids are going to run straight through the house. We were like far in the back. Like we have all those acres. Okay, yeah, yeah, you got that. You got that large. You got that large uh, beachfront property. Beachfront, no. <laughs> I wish. All right, All right so, so that's what a unanimous nay. Yeah. All right, next time pick uh, more. Man, I thought we were gonna get at least like one yay. I guess we're too we're too like similar. <laughs> we have someone that's like. I mean, I'd be willing to be a surrogate in theory, just not practically. Mm. So that's the closest one I have to yay. But uh, all right, all right, all right. thank you guys segment two all right so as you guys probably you know if you're in college you know that finals are coming up the weeks are not dimming down what's the word winding down down. um and this year is almost over for school so that means finals yes so first i'm just curious (laughs) what was that i'm just curious Uh, hopefully marcus you research what do you guys have any finals coming up like what's your final stuff you gotta do Mostly I have uh, projects and papers, but I do have a few finals that I actually have to take. Have a couple tests. Not looking forward to that. Yeah. I got, I think, two or three papers and a final photography project and a final video project. And they're all due within, like, the next week. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like as you go, as you get older in college, it's just... Depending on your major, obviously, but it's a lot more projects and papers and less tests. Yeah. Like for telecom, which is my major, is all projects. It's not any test, really. Um, but today, just for some tips, we're going to talk about how you plan stuff out if it's all in the first week. Like, what do you do? How do you manage everything? Um, you know, keeping yourself sane and, you know, your mental health, obviously, is a huge thing during finals week because a lot of people really stress it and, like, really overthink it, I think. Yeah. Um, and then just finding the motivation, to, you know, because... I feel like if you're doing pretty well in a class, but there's just like one final test, like a lot of times it's really easy to just be like, all right, I'm blowing it off, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then quickly, um, how do you balance like the end of your social life with your finals? Because I feel like for me, um, at least in college, like every year there's some people graduating that I know and I really want to hang out with people and spend time with them before we all split off for the summer and it's really hard with finals. So yeah, we can start with that actually. Um, So I have a friend graduating this semester um, Who that? Johanna. What? She's graduating this semester? Yeah. Surprise. Dang. Wait, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's an oldie. Oh, man. Muffy, she's graduating. <laughs> You're you to say the name. I know. I was <laughs> joking. Okay. Um, oh, she was making fun of you, Kelsey. Hey. <laughs> My sister. Listen. Um, But yeah, so I think just every year it's really hard because like for me it's like the uh, weather really has effect on me. So if it's like hot and nice that I just really want to go outside, but I got stuff to do. So for me, what I do is, um, I plan a, a lot in advance where I plan like specific things I want to get done by certain points of the, you know, like the last few months or whatever months, month, at least week. I don't know. Um, and then in between that time that I realized, like, then I start scheduling, like want to hang out with this person or this person. Like it's like, for me, I try not to do the whole like spontaneous, which, you know, it's hard, but like spontaneous hangouts is for me. I want to do like, let's plan this day, this time, because I feel like if you don't, you're going to procrastinate your finals and stuff and it'll mess you up. See, I don't have that kind of like energy, not energy, motivation to plan ahead because I'm terrible. Um, don't procrastinate. I mean, I get my work done, but I'm for some reason I'm always like, oh, everybody else is busy, so there's like no chance I can like hang out with them before the semester ends. Like even this morning, I was thinking like we should all do like one more game night or something like we used to do before the semester ends. But it's like who has time? Not us. Yeah, I get so. what you're saying. So like everyone has finals. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's just a very busy time, and managing your stress life, stress life, social life, <laughs> is a 
it's very hard because it's like everyone's busy, everybody's studying. Yeah, I get that. It's a rough time. Everybody is busy, but I feel as though if we were to try to plan something, and I mean like really plan something, like a week in advance, if we were to plan something, then I feel as though we would be able to actually make it happen, you know? Just because when you don't plan anything, it's really easy to have things fall through. Mm -hmm. So you're just like, hey, we should hang out. And then you just say, yeah. And then, you know, it never (laughs) happens. But if you say, hey, let's hang out Saturday. You know, I mean, just even saying Saturday and you don't even have a time, you already feel more obliged to say, hey, I can I can do that. And then if you actually, you know, manage to figure out a time span and then have a have an event that you're going to do, be it game night, bowling, you know, running, whatever, sleeping, as long as you actually plan something, Mm -hmm. you you have a better chance (laughs) (laughs) chance of, of actually making it happen. So. I agree with you, but also I'm gonna call you out here. Like I think you're the worst about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm good at it. I'm like not very much not bad even at creating it. plans. But if we're like, hey, let's hang out Saturday, you're always like, I'll see what I'm doing. Like I don't know yet. Yeah, and you gotta like, check the schedule, man. No, <laughs> just commit. Gotta you have nothing. You just want you just want something better. Yeah, you're just waiting for other plans to come up because you hate us. Now that's not the case. I mean, really, like usually I'm just like, yo, I just want to sleep or something. <laughs> Because, like, I usually never, I never have plans that come up like that. Like, I really don't. It's mm-hmm. just, sometimes I'm just lazy. All but, right. uh, but yeah. So, how about this, Lady Saturday? What are we doing? Nothing. I got work. <laughs> oh, it's a You work on Saturdays? No, like, actual, like, finals work. On yeah. Speaking of finals. Man, bump that. Yeah, for me, if, like, if it's Monday, and you ask me to hang out Tuesday, I'm like, I'm sorry, that's really short notice. But if it's, like, Thursday or after, I'm like, okay, this is, like, I can fit this in and I understand like what I have to get done before that. So I can like motivate myself to get it done so we can hang out, you know? Yeah. So I think that's kind of important is like, put your, maybe hang out like at the end. So you have something to look forward to once you're done. Um, but also, um, don't feel obliged. You know, if you really do need to study, like it is finals. It's very important. Like we were saying with the motivation to finish strong, that happens to me every single semester where I'm usually doing pretty good in classes, but then there's that one final thing that I just like have no motivation to finish. Um, and I just procrastinated it, and it's, like, a really bad experience every single time. So I think knowing about the final project ahead, which, you know, you have your syllabus, so you know about them. Just getting your mind prepared for it, and um, once you finish all that other, like, small work, like, really kind of fo- start focusing on that as early as possible. Yeah, I think I kind of struggle with, like, if I do have something to do, but somebody's like, hey, let's hang out. I'm mm-hmm. always just like, oh, I should hang out because it's, like, fun. But I think sometimes you got to prioritize, like, your schoolwork and be like, no, I can't go out. But sometimes it's hard. Like, you've got to balance it. I think that the issue with um, making the balance or uh, what were you saying about that, Clark? You were saying something about um, finding motivation. Yeah, finding motivation. That's it. Yeah. When you're finding the motivation, I feel like my issue with it was every time uh, classes would end and then we have finals week or whatever. That would be like this just terrible time for me for motivation. And I think it's because of the reading days. And like usually when I have finals. They're like a week or so after mm-hmm. my last class. Yeah. If they had finals like right after my last class, then I'd I'd be more motivated to do stuff. Yeah, I it's agree. like the week of me just waiting. <laughs> then I'm just like, yo, I just want to I just want to leave. I don't want to do anything anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be studying. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But I mean, come on, you think I'm really gonna yeah, be studying? Like, come on, man. I kind of hate it because I remember my freshman year, I had a test literally the Friday um, of finals week in the morning. So I had an entire week, and so I just went home and. Like, every day I got more sad because I'm like, I can't believe, like, this isn't the, this is not my winter break. I actually have to go finish this final. So, yeah, that's upsetting to have finals at the end. And you can't control it, obviously. So, um, like, my roommate, she has a final, like, um, Thursday night at, like, 8 p.m. of finals week. And she lives in Miami, which is, you know, five hours away. So, that sucks for her because she's going to have to kind of hang around and not yeah. go home. Um, But I just, once you get into the swing of studying every day, I think it's, you just kind of push yourself at you know at some point where you're like okay this is kind of my routine also like Kelsey said there's everyone else is either home or studying too so it kind of lets you uh be able to study without like distracting yourself yeah so what about like the whole sanity thing like do you guys struggle with like staying sane I this is again well I guess I don't remember what year this was but I remember I had like a paper due and then a test or something. And I was sitting in the library and it was like really late at night. And I was just like, I really, this is awful. Like, this is the worst experience. Like, I don't know. Sometimes finals, you just feel like you've, it will never get better or something. Like, finals week really stretches on. And it, it can be like the worst week of your life for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, even if tests aren't hard, it's just like the fact that you just, 
like Marcus said, there's all this open space in front of you and like you can only study so much, but you feel like you should be studying the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So Especially it's really when hard. you see other people like studying yes. so yeah. hard, you know? Like at a library. Yeah. They'd be out there all day just grinding. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my problem is like it's just that every class has something due. Mm-hmm. So it's it just like piles on and that is what stresses me out. Like if I had like one project, I'd be like, Okay, that's easy. Yeah. But the fact that it's like a paper due at midnight, another paper due at midnight, this project due at midnight. It's like, it's all due at the same time. Like, I don't want that. And so I struggled to kind of like, you know, do all of them at the same time. Yeah, I'm really bad at like doing two things at once. Like, I hate the idea of having to do that. Like, I love finishing once and then moving on to the next. And I don't know, some people have, like my, again, my roommate, she had three tests on the same day once for finals week. I cannot imagine studying for three different things. Like, I'd be so confused. (laughs) I feel like, why did they make college kids? I didn't just... Because, like, she's an engineer major. Obviously, most people have these classes. Like, why would that happen like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's why they give you reading days, you know? But yeah, it's just but so much. Yeah, it's, it really is out. a lot. I mean, it's a lot. But I can understand why reading days exist. Like, yeah. I wouldn't personally want them to exist just because, I mean, it makes me lose so much motivation. But then, especially for kids, because most of my tests aren't cumulative. So, like, uh, when I when I learn whatever I learned in the beginning of the semester, I don't really apply it in the second part of the semester on my exams. But, like, for people who, who need the stuff that's cumulative, I mean, I, I understand why they have reading days. Because you need, you, need a, you need a lot of time to really, like, process everything that you've learned and then have it all ready for a final exam. Yeah. So. I just, also, one thing too quick is um, a lot of final exams are, like, 20% of your entire grade. Yes, oh, my God. Which I think is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. You go through the entire semester, you go through months and months of work, and then it's just this one test. And they don't, you have no, the teacher doesn't know what else you're doing in terms of tests and stuff. So that's just a lot of pressure on students. I think it's important if you're a college student um, or even high school, you know, have your, um, a lot of people have ACE or IB or what's the other one? ACE. I don't know. Why can't I think of the other one? Shout out ACE students. (laughs) But anyways, like just having all that at once, like. Dual enrollment, that's what it is. No, there's the ACE, IB, and the popular one. Yeah, dual enrollment. No. No. Dual enrollment's not like ace. It's making me mad that I mean it's not it's I not both. like ace, but like No, there's another one though that's really anyways. I don't know. <laughs> AP, that's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Boo, that sucks. <laughs> most people have that. Yeah, um it's bad. I hated that. Yeah, so just just don't be so hard on yourself. Like realize that everyone around you is going through it. Also, it's kind of not a nice feeling, but like a nicer feeling that you like Marcus said though, like when people are sitting around you, it's like, okay, like the library, like, a lot of people are going to be here all night. Like, if I have to be, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily want to be, but, like, everyone, there's people around me that are also kind of going through this. You can kind of bounce off of that a little, the energy a little bit and realize the week after you are set free. Yeah, going back to what you said about finals being worth so much in your class, the other day I was in class, and this is the class that I have my video project due for, and my professor was like, all right, guys, this final project is a big part of your grade, and a lot of people who have A's throughout the entire semester, like, slack on this one, and they just, like, ruin their grades. And I felt like he, like, made direct eye contact with me, and I don't know why, but I was just like, oh, no. But... I don't know. I'm nah, worried He's about trying it. to warn you. He's trying to make sure you do your That's job. So, but it's it's so much pressure, and it's like, I don't get why they're worth so much. Like, you do work all semester, yeah. and you try so hard. Like, to ruin your grade for one assignment is so dumb to me. No, I agree. Especially if it's assignment that, like, you've done kind of in the past almost. Like, yeah. the same elements. Like, why are you, why is there so much weight on this? Just because it's at the end. <laughs> like Exactly. It's just like, this is stupid. And we don't even have a lot of time to do it compared to the other projects. Mm, yeah. So it's like, okay. So That's what finals in general. You don't have a lot of time, really. Yeah. Um, you know, for like a midterm, you have, you know, when it's come, like you have some time. Yeah. But like finals, I feel like most people don't release their study guides until like late or, mm-hmm. but we know it's tough. We know what you're going through. Just take deep breaths. Um, I think for me, it's literally realizing that it will end because like sometimes you get stuck in the rut of like, this is awful. Yeah. Um, just realize it will end and you will have to do it again next semester. But that probably yeah. doesn't help you. <laughs> and, Find a way that gives you, like, find whatever gives you the most motivation. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't go to the library during reading days because that just depresses me. I mean, seeing everybody just, I mean, so stressed and doing homework and stuff. I mean, I, I, I can't concentrate like that. So, like, when I when I have to do assignments and stuff, because I have a lot this semester, but when I have to do, like, projects and whatnot, I usually stay in my dorm. So mm-hmm. I'm just chilling because yeah. it's just me there. And I'm like, okay, I have to do this. I'll go do that. And I just have, I just feel free. 
But when I'm in the library and I see everybody just stressed out, got coffee right here, got their laptop <laughs> right there, got all these books and notes, I'm like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. I'm actually the same way. Like, I love being in my room, like, if I have to study, because, like, at least for reading days, like, I know I have infinite time, yeah. uh, which is bad because I procrastinate, <laughs> but also, like, it's very relaxing, comforting, which is just like me. And I can get up and do something or, you know, it's like a very. Yeah, it's just chill. It's like your own library. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in general libraries are like that on campus. Like they're always so busy and it's like this weird aura of like anxiety and No, depression. seriously, I don't know how people study in libraries. I don't know. It's so, just, especially it's like cold. Library West and Library Marston. Yes. They are so packed. It's packed, so many it's people. cold, people are bitter. It's just Yeah, like, I mean, I can't do it. Don't I go to the bottom floor, basement. I don't know if you guys have been in there, but yeah. it's literally just like a yelling match everywhere. Like, no one's doing work. Everyone's just yelling and, like, talking. Yeah, it's like, in, it's so loud. How do you even hear yourself? I so how are you, like, how do you do anything? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. So if you want to actually study in a library, go to the Health Science Center Library. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> for you kids at uf that's yeah. where i work uh but yeah go to the health that's science center library <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> no seriously but uh, it's actually really nice there over at uh it is like after quiet. after certain hours like six o'clock till closing yeah it's really it's quiet. almost like your own room like we were saying yeah it's really chill so, so yeah, just find your own comfort space yeah that's a good study. point find your own comfort space um and just do don't cram your stuff as yeah. hard as it is to actually do rather than say but like if you space it out, you'll feel so much better. You can kind of review what you already did, and um, then you'll feel a lot more confident. Just do your best, children. <laughs> do your best. All right. All right. So I think this brings us to our third topic. And today we are going to bring back Taboo Talks, which is where we bring up kind of eh, testy subjects. But yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, but today we're going to talk about something serious, which is dealing with loss or grief. And there's two reasons why I wanted to bring this up today. Um, the first one is kind of silly. It's... uh. The new show on Netflix, 13 Reasons Why. Um, mm. Watch it, if you will. 13 but Reasons Why I Love You? No. It's why this girl committed suicide. <laughs> oh, snap. So, so this girl commits suicide, and you kind of see... It's kind of a controversial show. I don't know if I should recommend it, but I like it. But um, but this girl commits suicide, and she kind of leaves 13 tapes, like kind of blaming people, but like telling people why She's she killed this, herself. Yeah. So it's kind of all these kids like dealing with the loss of the student in their school and their friend, etc., um, so that's the first reason I brought it up. And the mm-hmm. second reason is my dad, because um, a couple months ago he had to get a quadruple bypass, I think it was, and which is really bad for his mm-hmm. heart and stuff. And last week we had another scare where basically his entire left side was really numb. And so we thought it was his heart again. So I had to take him to the hospital and everything. And ultimately, like, he ended up okay. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like, he doesn't know, but it's not his heart, which is really good. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. But that whole day, I was just, like, so stressed about it. I was, like, kind of sobbing in my car. <laughs> and my dad, like, when I left, I was, he was like, I'm scared. And I was like, nope, see ya. That's um, terrible. Yeah. That's so, terrible. like, this just brought me to this subject, like, mm-hmm. loss and, like, fear of losing ones, loved um, ones. For Marcus, really quick, I think you should really watch the show 13 Reasons Why. Oh, so you both watch it. Yeah, I think you enjoy it. It's very, yeah, everyone out good. there should really watch it. If I had Netflix. Netflix. I'm broke. Get somebody's password. Uh, I, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good but I also think what you said is like him telling you he's scared. I can't imagine like, you know, your parental figure telling you that like they're vulnerable. You know, they're supposed to be the ones that like tell you it's okay. Like, yeah, that that's sounds what I was very saying. Sad. You know, yeah. that's that's so scary. I would not want to want to hear that. Yeah, all. that's the words that broke me. I was like, nope. Yeah, because like it's hard too because when you're you know, when you're our age, you're going, you kind of realize like you're almost an adult. And like when you're an adult, you still kind of don't know everything. And you're just kind of sometimes as fragile as you were. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your emotions don't change, but you have to sometimes if you're a parent, you have to like take on a different role, even if you're not 100 percent ready for it. Or like, actually, that's your actual how you feel, because um, if you're scared, a lot of times you have to hide it. So I think um, that's scary, but also like the fact that he admitted it and like, you know, you're kind of in it together is nice. Yeah. Not saying obviously. <laughs> But um, I feel like you possibly like grew closer or I don't know. I just feel like experiences like that. Um, you just realize how much people mean to you, I guess. Yeah. I think for me that whole day, I was kind of thinking like, like everything could be our last. Like the day afterwards we went, we always go like yard sale hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some reason, like the day before I was like, what if we never do that again? So that night I was like, hey, dad, do you want to go yard sale hunting tomorrow? And we did. And it was really nice. Aww. So I think you <laughs> just realize like all these small little things you guys do, like mm-hmm. it could just be over in a second. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, like everybody's getting older. So like as you yourself are getting older, 
you realize like your parents or people around you are also getting older. So it's like you're going to lose them at some point, probably. I'm about to start crying on the <laughs> podcast. Y'all um, got me messed up. No, it's good we talk about stuff like this, though. Taboo. Um, no, my, my boyfriend's grandfather passed away two days ago, three Ooh, days ago. Really? Um, and I don't want to obviously like go into detail, but yeah. like his mom went flew up to New York cause that's where he was and they knew he was going to die, which, you know, it's hard to decide, not decide, but like say like, I'd rather know, I'd rather not because yeah. I feel like the pain of knowing you're going, someone's going to die that you love is hard, but also you get to spend time with them and stuff. So she spent, you know, a good two weeks up there spending time with him. And, you know, they knew he was going to die and stuff. So, um, like, it was, like, a very bittersweet because she spent so much time with him mm-hmm. during that. Um, so I think, I don't know, I it's just, life is crazy. I, I don't know, life is weird. Is like, you only, only when something happens do you kind of realize stuff, which is yeah. terrible and it sucks. But um, I think it's good to check in every once in a while, like, with yourself. Think about all the people you love and, like, just appreciate them and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really nice to say something to someone that you appreciate them, but you but if you don't want to do that or whatever, like even in your head, like I really appreciate this person. Yeah, helps you realize like the silly stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there needs to be a um, I mean maybe not this in particular, but somebody said, hey, I want to have a funeral before I die. So essentially, they say you know all this good stuff that you say about me and all these you know this celebration of life that you have. Like I want to be alive to see this. And then, you know, when I die, you know, of course, you're going to have one anyway. But I mean, I, I can see what she's what the person meant by that. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, they say, uh, you know, don't like celebrate me when it's too late and I can't be there to be a part of it. Right. You know, really like show me that you appreciate, you know, my life or you appreciate, you know, us as a as a, you know, whatever we are, you know, whatever our friendship is. So I like that. And I, I feel like we need to, to be more like that. And like maybe if it's not like, you know, one celebration, just like generally in life, like celebrate people more than you know, we, we already do. Cause like day to day, we really don't really do anything to show appreciation for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally we just go through life and just, you know, cause we expect them to be there. Yeah. But you know, anything can happen at any time where they're just not, you know? Um, I think what's funny too, is I feel like, um, you know, the funeral thing you're talking about, like a, f- a lot of people think, um, you're being selfish if you want, if you want people to show their appreciation for you or like, like, it's a very selfish thing that you're alive and you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know it's kind of hard to explain what I'm trying to no, say. I know what you're saying. But, um, but it's not selfish to show appreciation for, appreciation for the people you love, but also like expect it back, you know, is like a mutual thing of like, um, you're here now and I want to appreciate that now before it's too late. And, um, I want you to know before, like, you know, if you pass away, I post on your Facebook, what does that mean versus like. You didn't say it to me in person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'd want to know what they say about you. And um, it's just it's just a nice experience to have. So I would I would definitely want to do that. And um, but yeah, like my grandmother, for example, she um, she's still alive. But uh, <laughs> but there was a while where like we all of our family thought she was going to, to die because she was diagnosed with some kind of cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just really brutal to see her go through the transformation that she went through. Because, you know, she was this, like, vibrant, you know, really happy lady. And, like, we were all very close. Like, she lives really close to us. So we're always, like, at her house talking to her and, like, hanging out, whatever. But, yeah, so, like, seeing her go through chemotherapy and, like, she would, like, shrink. She almost shrank, like, half half her size. So she was, like, this really tiny woman. And then, you know, she lost all of her hair and just – it was just really sad to see. Mm -hmm. And, like, she couldn't eat any food because um, it was, like, some kind of stomach cancer. So she would be forced to, like, you know, have this IV that would, like, feed her and stuff. And um, I just remember me and my mom, we would just, uh, you know, I would try to keep her keep her sane because, of course, like, she feels more deeply for my grandmother than I do because, mm-hmm. you know, that's her mom. But, um, you know. I and stop. <laughs> you see, like, you, it's crazy because, like, you see as parents, like, you see as, you know, your parents are so strong and they, they always, like, try to, you know, hide stuff from you. But then... Um, you know, I could see on my mom's face that she was scared from, from my grandma, mm-hmm. you know, and like seeing that just tore me up and yeah. I was, you know, it just made me realize that like the stuff that we do in life is just, it's just too fragile. Like we're too fragile of people to not like appreciate people more than, than we, than we should, you know? So we definitely have to go and to show people that we love them. And I think too, um, talking about like, you know, older, older relatives and like grandmas, grandpas, stuff like that is like a lot of kids kind of, uh, I don't want to say a lot, but a lot of people kind of don't. Um, respect these people or don't want to hang out, don't talk to them, you know, think it's like, 
just there's too much of a generational gap to even like give them the time of day or interact with them. Um, but I think it's really important to spend time with these relatives that are a lot older than you. Um, obviously wiser from most, like a lot of like my, my grandma's very extremely one of the smartest people I know. And it's like so great that I, um, she comes down every year and I get to spend time with her and like realize like she knows so much. And I think we, um, we don't respect the elderly as much as we should in a lot of reason, in a lot of ways. Um, and just like how much knowledge and how much they've been through through life in general, like even if they didn't do anything quote unquote extraordinary, their life itself, like the fact they've lived so long through so many, they saw their kids uh, be born and then their kids' kids be born. So I think um, that's a really I think you should just spend time with your grandparents a lot and and like just really enjoy the time you're with them, even if it's something small. But here's the craziest part about loss, right? Is that it's completely unexpected. So. You don't really anticipate when it's going to happen, you know, like it can come at any time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we definitely have to appreciate our elders, but then we also have to appreciate just everybody because at any time anybody could die, you know, Mm -hmm. like, for example, my grand aunt, she had a son and, um, you know, he was just, you know, not this young dude. He was probably in his 40s or 50s, but I mean, he was, you know, definitely not in his, you know, last stage of life and he just died, just died. I think he was in a car accident, just died. And and then it's just crazy. Like, my, of course, my aunt, my grandaunt wouldn't expect to lose her son at this, you know, at this time. You know, like she expected to die before her son would die. Yeah. And it's just it's just crazy. I mean, we need to appreciate everybody because at any time anybody could just die or anybody could could lose something. So it's rough, you know, and I just feel like at any time if I was to lose anybody in my family that is like especially really close to me. I would just feel like I haven't uh, done what I'm supposed to do to show them that I love them, you know? Mm -hmm. I think um, I totally agree with that, like, appreciate everyone. But I also think you shouldn't be dwelling on, I'm not saying anyone is or anything, but you shouldn't be dwelling on, like, the fact that people die. Like, you shouldn't, like, think of your parents dying or your grandparents dying. Like, I feel like that's not helpful at all, Um, especially if they're sick. Like, I think you you kind of have to just think of the positive like even in the back of the of your mind if you know what's going to happen like I, I don't think that's healthy well maybe healthy when if they are dying to accept it but like throughout life I don't think it's healthy to like focus on the fact that you know my parents could die right now like I just think you totally should appreciate them um when they're alive and like what they do for you now and kind of cliche but like in the moment and don't be thinking about the future when they're gone what are you going to do just think of now and like how much you appreciate it I like that. Celebrate it in a positive light rather than a more negative light, you know? Yeah. Celebrate it more as, you know, I love you. You're, you know, you're with us and let's have a good time. Right. More than like, you know. Like, I appreciate you. Yeah. More than, yeah, you know, at any time you might not be here. Right. So I like that. I like that. Any, any last thoughts, people? Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that's good. All I right. Mean, what, what would be the best way to wrap that up, though? What would you say? What would you say, Clark? Um, Gosh. I don't know. I feel like I don't have like a place to talk on it, but um, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like we wrapped it up pretty well. Yeah, I just think you know the main message here is like is uh the main message here is um don't fixate on death, but fixate on life, and it's very short amount of time that we have, and life is scary. (laughs) Amen. Life is scary, but we're all here and we all have to like go through the roller coaster of it. So just appreciate those around you. I love sound advice. That's some sound advice. All right, guys. Well, wrap it up. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I know it was a little, you know, tough there at the end, but. (laughs) Yeah, ended this on a a real, (laughs) on a real rough note, man. Kelsey got a little emotional. That's okay, okay, though. (laughs) Sounded, you know, in life, you have to, you have to force yourself to talk about certain things that you don't want to talk about, you don't want to think about. But I think it makes you like a better person to yeah. think of these things. Um, but with that, I am Kirsten. I'm Kelsey. And it's your boy Marcus. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.